and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey, everybody, and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. We hope that this week's podcast finds you well. What about you, Reagan? How are you? Yeah, I mean, the whole world's on fire, Colorado in particular. Uh, everything's kicking off again. So, I mean, I think 2020 was like, I'm still not done. I'm still not pulling out all the stops. We had a little chat about this. I'm I'm in awe of 2020 now. Like, I don't, I don't want to glorify the shitstorm that it is, but I have to say, just when I think that 2020 cannot give us anymore... It really ramps it up. And there's part of me that is raising a glass to 2020 in in just awe of its (laughs) power of shit fuckery. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. There's like a dual hurricane headed towards Texas, Louisiana, two on the same path. Colorado's on fire. Utah's on fire. California's on fire. You guys are having crazy weather. Australia's getting snow. Where where do we go from here? Well, listen, here's what I think. If this was all a big universe-driven conspiracy to get Trump out of office in November, there's part of me that's like, you know what? If this is what it takes, I'll take it. Yeah, we can get on board with that. That being said, we don't like to get political because I want to roughly face. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you vote for Trump, that is your God-given right. I may not agree, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> but we have an explosive week to discuss in shows too. I mean, it is... I'm feeling like I'm really enjoying all the shows. I, you know, maybe with the exception of Million Dollar Listing LA. Not that I'm not enjoying it, but it's like... It is what it is. I mean, it is what it is. But this is the first time in a long time where there isn't a show that I don't really want to watch. And I think for a while there was like, oh, I don't want to sit through Atlanta. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The Atlanta season lasted much longer than it should have for anybody, really. No, I totally agree with you. And I think this is also like the spiciest season of Below Deck Med that we've had in a really long time. Like there have been some niggles, but like shit's getting real. On this show. Shit is getting real. I mean, I would argue that Below Deck last season was... Below Deck last season was pretty spicy with Ashton and all of that shit. But it really was kind of one storyline that kept getting rehashed. Like, this misogynism was awful, but this is like... We've lost a second stew. We've lost a chef. We've lost a chief stew now. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen staff turnover on a boat like this. And this is like big characters. I mean, Hannah's a mainstay... And she's gone. Yep, she's gone. I can't wait for us to get into it. But I think first we should start with the Real Housewives of Potomac, who never let us down for drama and craziness. Oh, and I think this is like episode four or something. Three. I mean, this is great. I'm here for this. (laughs) Brilliant. So we pick up at the dinner where we left off. And as much as I do believe that Candace owes Ashley a very heartfelt apology... I disagree with the way that Monique and Giselle are trying to batter it and Robin and everybody that are trying to batter it out of her. And I respect Candice saying, listen, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have a one-on-one conversation with Ashley. And good on Ashley, I think, for accepting that and, and drawing a line under it at the dinner and saying, I will accept that and we will do this separately. Yeah. 
No, I this this episode um, number three has made me really kind of understand Candace a little bit better because I think you're absolutely right. At the dinner, she was very clear. She didn't want to talk about it anymore. She would do it. It would be done in private where two people could sit down and talk about their issues. And I think, yes, that's a hundred percent the way it should happen. Now everybody needs to back off, but uh, that's not what happens. No, they really double down on it a little bit. And it just feels like it's it feels like they're pushing Candace because we know what she's like, right? We know that when yeah. she blows, she fucking blows. And there's two separate things going on because, of course, whatever's happened with Ashley has happened, but Candace is now also meddling in some way, shape or form, right. however much or little you think, with Monique and all of that stuff going on. So I think a lot of this is, I think the two issues are bleeding into each other. But I just think, you know... Let's respect different people's rights to apologize or at least have a conversation in the way they wish to have a conversation. Absolutely. Because Candace could have easily just been like, fine, I'm sorry. And it wouldn't have yeah. meant shit at the table. Would it have appeased all of them? Maybe. But it's she's not going to do that. She's going to wait and like have this real conversation. Um, but yeah, I think I feel like people are just pushing her to fight somebody. Like they well, know it I can happen. And they're just like needling it. Yeah, they want the butter knife all over again. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. And I think Karen's on our side. I think uh, Wendy's on our side. Uh, and I do think, I think it's interesting we have that audio only section after the dinner where it's yes. really clear that actually this beef between Candice and Monique isn't just, uh, oh, we just need to chat it out and talk it no. over. Like Monique is pissed and so is candace yeah and i think we're gonna see that explode later on in this uh season well i kind of have a feeling this might be the bedrock storyline of the yeah. season this kind of candace sharice monique thing because those trailers look really violently explosive and that's not metaphorical like literally it looks like shit goes down absolutely and sharice keeps showing up so you know this is gonna play in you know later on um um Go ahead. Well, I was just going to jump into the next bit that we were going to talk about. I was going to jump into this whole Ashley Michael <sighs> at the baby store shit show. I mean, this guy is like off the scale fucking ridic. The way like he's swearing at her in a fucking baby store. And she's like, oh, he's just upset because we haven't had sex. Like you haven't had sex because you've been ripped top to tail. Girl. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about how quickly he'd want to have sex if he was ripped from his arsehole to his japs eye. I mean, it would just not be. No. It, this, is the, this is the whole fucking thing about our patriarchal society that fucks me off. Poor Ashley talks about feeling guilty that yeah. she hasn't been able to have sex with him. While she's and keeping a small human okay alive. To treat her like shit because she can't have sex, because she's keeping a human alive. She's hoofed one out of her love tunnel. She's split from A to B. And it's not like the guy just needs to be a decent guy. And here's the other thing. Oh, what? There's fucking cameras on you, Michael. Thank like you. an hour and a half in the baby store. Can you not just be nice? Didn't you fucking learn your lesson last season? Didn't you learn your motherfucking lesson, Michael? You are terrible. You can't turn it on and be nice to your wife for like this brief moment in time in this fucking store. Like he, he's just a terrible human being, in my opinion. I, mean, I think she's lovely. I think he is a terrible human being. 
I agree. And I mean, listen, if he was being nice on camera and a cunt off camera, we'd be having discussions about the fact that he's yeah. not authentic and he's a, a bullshit Fair. piece of lying. Fine. But that I can get on board with. I mean, to be just so blatantly entitled as such a twat is so yeah. devastatingly arrogant. that I just want to say who talks to their wife who's got a three-month-old who's clearly suffering from postnatal depression who's yeah. in physical pain can we just go on with this so i can get back to fucking work yeah an asshole just, an asshole you know does fuck that off. fuck off back to work yeah do please go get off my tv screen and fuck off yeah. back onto that fucking peloton where you came from <laughs> <laughs> And you still look like shit, so save yourself the 63 bucks a month and fucking give that bike back. I fucking uh, Dude, those you. Pelotons are no joke, man. He's not doing it properly if he's been doing it for ages. Those things are no joke. I, I said to Jimmy, I did a little, seg- little kind of digression, yeah, yeah. But, but before COVID, before the, the world went to shit, I used to be... This is going to make me sound such a wanker. I used to be a member in a private club. Yeah. Um, it, was like a, it was like the an alternative to an office, right? I right. don't have to justify myself. I used to be a no. member. The, it was fine. Nobody's uh, judging. No, I got my money back, though. It turned out that they were really racist, so that was fine. Ooh. But what they did have was two Peloton bikes, so I got to use them every time I was in. I said to Jimmy, when I get a proper job, when I grow up and get a proper job, uh, I'm going to get me a Peloton. Yeah. And for the 79 dollars a month that it is i'm gonna fucking be on that i loved it yeah it's well worth it if, if nobody none of, if none of you have ever tried it i mean this peloton does not pay us i mean i wish they would it'd be amazing for us both to have bikes wouldn't it yeah but um we should pod we could podcast while we were on the bike <laughs> <sighs> I don't know about you. I'm like hyper fit. Like I could fucking do it. <laughs> I mean, even they're she like says, ten minutes. She next a liter of wine. There you go. There are ten minute warm up rides. Are are pretty all right. Like I find those those doable without too much. But like those like up and down rides, even just for ten minutes, they are no fucking joke. Well, and it's all what you're used to, right? It's like the yeah. different exercise. So you can be really great at running for 40 minutes, but yeah. like do a 20 minute hit session and you're on your fucking ass. So there's a lot of that yeah. going on. But You can do I hit rem- sessions and Peloton will still kick your ass. You can. And now they've got treadmills. and I mean, Oh, the treadmills are beautiful. That's on one of our wish lists when ours uh, goes tits up. Peloton, we are here if you ever want to sponsor the We podcast. are. But back <laughs> to... Um, the sip and see. And to... Yeah, back to Ashley. We end up with the sip and see at her house, which I didn't realise is the first time she's ever entertained properly at their apartment. Yeah, I guess it is, which is weird. I feel like we've seen loads of it, but maybe that's us. It's not a very interesting point, but I've made it nonetheless. (laughs) Um, And everybody's together. They're all getting... And and, uh, what's her name? Candice turns up, which I think, you know, props to Candice. Her... I think it shows willing, right? Even if Absolutely. the apology hasn't yet come, I think it shows willing. But I don't think she's treated particularly well when she gets there. No. It's appalling. I mean, honestly, it's appalling. Like, I'm all about airing your grievances and, like, getting things out there. It's a fucking sip and see. Like, people are there to get drunk and look at, ba- look at the baby. Like, that's all that people are there for. They don't need to come yeah. in and be, like, verbally harassed about stuff that you've already said you're gonna do something about well i mean literally a few days ago she was very clear that she wanted to have this conversation with ashley 
by herself. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just, I, I'm not a Candace fan, but I do think that she, I, I, she got some empathy and sympathy from me this episode. Totally. I did. I just felt like people weren't handling this situation right. I felt like she was ambushed. Yeah. And I would have left. A hundred percent. And I think actually the way she left was fine too. Like she didn't like throw things and like, ma- like yeah. she just picked up her bag and left. Well, and I do feel there's some growth from her this season. Yeah. I feel like we've seen it in slight conversations with Chris where he's kind of coached her a little bit on better ways to kind of respond and how they've talked about things. And I, I think I, if your options are lose your shit like normal or do anything else but, and that is maybe leaving... Then leave. And I think she did the right thing. And I think, is it Karen who's like, let her go? She says she's done. She's done. Let her go. And I think Karen is showing a whole new side of herself. I know. What's going on? I feel like all my uh, prior allegiances are flip-flopping at this moment in time. Well, and it happens in New York. We're going to get to that Mm -hmm. later as well. All these people that I'm done with turning out to be the voice of reason. I mean, again, it's 2020. It is. Anything goes. If you'd have told me last year that I'd have been like, Luann's the voice of reason, Karen Huger's talking sense, like hell has frozen over and pigs are flying. But this is is where we are. It is Um, where we are. So so Charisse shows up to this party. So we see another person leaving as well. Um, Obviously... I, I don't know. I, I, we've already spoken about this, but Monique is going to lose her shit at some moment in time if Sharice keeps showing up. And I don't even really understand why she's at the sip and see. I felt that that was weird because I know that Ashley and Monique are close, right? They're, they're friends. Yeah. And I know that Ashley did what Candace didn't, which was give Monique a heads up. Fair. But I feel like it's become very clear in two or three episodes how upset Monique is yeah maybe if just I was actually I would have been like Sharice you know what it's just not a great time yeah come over and see the baby a different time absolutely no I thought um, I thought it was crazy yeah I do too but I am excited to see where this Monique and Sharice thing goes because by all accounts it's fucking mental yeah Real quick, before we um, hop to another show, can we just have a chat about Giselle's birthday party <laughs> on the boat? Oh, I don't know if I want to. I'm not sure my sphincters... Oh, I've got my iPad. I'm not sure my sphincters quite recovered from actually watching it the first time. That was the most awkward fucking thing I've ever seen. I have never seen three teenagers rather be someplace else more than those girls in my probably my entire life. And I taught a lot of teenagers in my life. So I've seen them look uncomfortable and full of angst, but holy fuck. I I think this is like a perfect example of not being able to see the wood for the trees. Like from the outside looking in, for me, it's really clear. These girls are terrified, right? They're terrified they're going to lose their mom, how they know it. They're terrified that they've always loved their dad separately. They've always loved their mom separately. But if this goes wrong, it's fucking catastrophic for the family dynamic. That's what they're terrified of. And I think Giselle, Giselle is a little self-involved in the kind of romance of it all, which I can appreciate. Totally. Fine. But the way that she talks to Robin a little bit about it is that she thinks the girls are being a bit selfish, that they're not really being very supportive. 
And I think that she's got it all wrong. I think she's being a little bit selfish and I don't think she's being very supportive. Absolutely. She's the mom. Like your kids aren't there to support you and make you feel okay with your life choices. That's not their job. That's your job. And this is like, they stand to lose a lot. It's not just like, like if it was me and I was Giselle, obviously you take, if you met somebody else, that wasn't your previous husband. Yeah. There's there, you take time before you introduce them to the kids because you want to make sure that it's as real as you possibly can, right? Totally. I feel like because it's their dad, she's kind of rushed it in a bit, but actually I would have taken a lot longer. God, yes. To make sure like I would literally be like we are getting remarried before I would And then we'll tell them we've been dating. Him. Right? Yeah. That's where I would be because I think these kids need to know that this isn't just a, oh, well, they're just dating for now. Like, this right. is it. They yeah. feel really unsafe. and it's Of course they do. And I get that Giselle's blind. To, like, it's hard to see when you're in it, but I just want her to recognize that the kids just want her to make them feel safe. Yeah. And they want, like, their normal dad back who is just kind of all about them. Like, I totally get it as a child of divorce. If my parents had decided to get remarried after all the bullshit that we had been through, no. <laughs> no. It would not have no, happened. Right? No. And, and I'm sorry, but even if daddy buys you a restaurant, that doesn't make you feel safe. The weirdest fucking present <laughs> on the goddamn planet. All these girls want to do is go see Nicki Minaj. Like, you could have gotten away with a lot of a cheaper gift. They don't want a restaurant. They're teenagers. And then he's like, you know, it's very excited. They're like, I'm 12. What am I going to do with a fucking restaurant, you total douchebag? It's like, do you not know them at all? Like, what 12-year-old wants a restaurant? I mean, buy us a couple of Jeeps that we can look at and drive in a few years' time. Again, just buy us tickets to Nicki Minaj and we're all good. (laughs) (laughs) That's all they want to (laughs) do. God help them. Bless these. Listen, girls, if you're listening, I'm sure you're not. Uh, I'm here for you. I feel you. And I'm sure your mama will work it out. But good Lord. (laughs) Parents, Restaurants are a together. lot of work. I wouldn't want a restaurant as a present now. No, I wouldn't either. I'd be like, oh, no. can you buy me a Peloton instead? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a Jeep and tickets to Nicki Minaj. Yes, I want all of the stuff. <laughs> Actually, oh. I will sell the restaurant and I can buy all that stuff and I'll buy it for you too. That's what Fine. the girls we'll need to do. We'll all have a really happy, nice time. Yeah. Oh, so weird. While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too, if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose. Okay, let's move on. Uh, so, from Potomac to Below Deck. Almost rhymed. Potomac, Below Deck. It's like I'm... Eh. You know, I'll give that one to you. Drop my iPad again. <laughs> Apple, if you're listening, Kat also needs an iPad. <laughs> one that doesn't fall out of her hands. All right. Fair, they, they already gave this one to me, so I should, we should probably just... 
Be quiet about that. Um, <laughs> fine, Apple, don't worry. Uh, okay, so Below Deck Med, yes. It's it's fireworks. So, so insane. I I would have never, ever guessed that Hannah would have ever been fired. No, me neither. I mean, I guess in some ways it feels a little bit like the universe doing its thing. Like, I'm yeah. not sure she ever would have necessarily found it in herself to walk away. So I right. feel like it's a good thing that this is all happening. Um, but I do feel like she says, I think it's sad that it's ended this way. I think we're going to talk a lot about this, but I think that there are certain people who haven't handled this very well. Um, and I just feel like for somebody who's been there right from the beginning, that perhaps she could have been treated with slightly more respect. She's owed a little bit more loyalty, in my opinion, from Captain Sandy. Like, I know Sandy has kind of overlooked a lot of Hannah's flaws in the past, and that's fine. I totally get that she did something wrong. A fire, Like, she did a fireable offense. Like, they did what yeah. they had to do. My huge issue, well, I've got, I've got a few huge issues, but one of my biggest things was then after Sandy firing her, Sandy, like, following her around then trying to justify why she fired her and then just laying all this shit on her. And it's like, just leave her alone. You fired her. She's gone. She doesn't, Hannah doesn't owe it to Sandy no. to make her feel good about the fact that she's just fired her. Like, I'm with you. She made a mistake. The drug should have been logged. She shouldn't have had them. It's very clear in maritime law. It's a fireable offense. Fine. Fire her. Yeah. But don't then hound her to try and make yourself feel better about things. No. And don't put her mental health down as the reason that you do not feel safe. What all of a sudden, like her, she's had anxiety issues the whole time, but now yeah. you don't feel safe with her. No, no, no. You fired her because she had drugs illegally on board. Prescription drugs for mental health, but she didn't go through due process. Fine. Fine. Fire her. But don't make her feel like shit because she has anxiety attacks. Don't tell her that she's not safe because she has anxiety attacks. Don't shame her. It's not right. No, it's not right. And I mean, it's just like, I, I, yeah, the whole thing, like the, you don't think I care about you and all this other shit. It, it's purely selfish. And it's made my opinion of Sandy go right down. Because as captain, you are completely in the right to fire her because she did something wrong. As captain, you also need to be grown up enough not to then try to make it all about you. Well, and she this wasn't compassionate. I, I, I'm with Hannah. It didn't come off like Sandy cared about her. Now, I do think Sandy does because they've got a relationship. They've known totally. each other for years. They've known each other for years. But the way she handled this would have made me feel like she didn't care. There wasn't one moment where she asked Hannah if she was okay. There wasn't one moment if she that she gave Hannah a chance to explain her use of the medication or what the issues were. All she had was what Malia told her and that she took as gospel. And I feel that Hannah deserved a conversation at least. I do as well. I also really, really question Malia's motivations for all of a sudden revealing this information because in all the flashbacks we've seen Malia has seen the volume the volume has been there the whole charter 
Malia's sharing a bedroom with her as well, so I'm sure she's seen it multiple times. All of this only came about because Hannah put up a fuss about, like, switching the rooms. So for me, this was 100% like a retaliatory action. Malia wasn't worried about the boat. She was fucking pissed off. And so she did that, and she knew she's got a good relationship with Sandy, so, like, she can lay all this, like, talking about Hannah's panic attacks with Sandy on the bridge and, like, all this other shit beforehand. Like, she's freaking out. Like, all of this language surrounding it was really not okay. And Mm -mm. I don't like these buddy-buddy chats between Malia and Sandy. It's so unprofessional. It's really unprofessional because we, I think you were saying, in fact, we read out something from a, a, um, on yeah. our Instagram and she was saying, actually, Malia is three rungs below, three ranks below Captain Sandy. So there's never, ever a reason for Sandy to be discussing this shit with, with Malia. No, it was one of our listeners, Amanda, like sent me this amazing long message on um, Instagram, which I just loved. Um, but she she definitely points out that you know, Malia is a full three ranks below the captain. So there's like the first mate, the engineer, and then Malia, as far as the deck goes. And Malia doesn't even have the same number of bars as Hannah on her like epaulets. So like, it's just totally not appropriate. And Hannah has rank. And if you want to talk about hierarchy and all this stuff, then Sandy definitely should have had more chats with Hannah more serious chats with Hannah about this and taking it more seriously. Like for me, it looked like two bitchy girls going after somebody in the lunchroom. Well, exactly. And also, do you know what, Sandy? Do the right thing. Professionally go, listen, you know I have to fire you. On a 100%. personal level, are you okay? Is there anything I can do? Like what would be helpful for you right now? Yeah, can I There's call you a car? That. Can I book you a right. room in a hotel while you're sorting all your shit out? Like, None of that happened. No. She was literally, I think they found an opportunity to get rid of Hannah, to promote Bugsy. And to give Bugsy credit, when Bugsy had the chat with Sandy, she said, look, it's not for me to know. Yeah. That is the boundary that Malia should have with Sandy. Absolutely. It is not for me to discuss with you. I've given you the information. You have to make the decision. That should be how Malia handled it if she had to hand it over. But yeah. Bugsy did it brilliantly. And I, you know, I've got a lot of time for Bugsy. I, I don't do as know well. if I feel like she was part of this conspiracy. I just don't think no. she's part of this triad. I think it is Malia and Sandy. Um, but. I think it's interesting because you feel like not only does Sandy go to Hannah to try and make herself feel better about what she's done, but then you see her and Malia having like this debrief where they're both justifying it to each other to make themselves feel better about what they've done. And actually, they've done the right thing in the wrong fucking way. A hundred percent. It's so like, it's just gross. Like it's wrong and it's gross to watch. And it makes me... Like, I was so excited to see all these, like, female heads of departments. And it's like, you're doing exactly what people fucking say girls do when they're in positions of power. Like, this is a fucking letdown. Because we actually don't act this way. No, we don't act this way. And I think you're right. It looks gossipy. It looks bitchy. It looks mean girls. And I, you're right. I feel like they're letting the side down. And they could, they had a real fucking chance to do something really special. Yeah, and this has undermined it. A hundred percent. And again, it's not even the fact like what what Sandy did was correct and 
right and what she had to do for her job. It's just all the other bullshit that went around it didn't actually need to happen. No, I agree. Wouldn't have happened with Captain Lee. No, it wouldn't. And also, but you know what? I feel like everything happens for a reason. I feel like it was Hannah's time to leave yachting. She's now literally about to hoof out a small human. She's Mm -hmm. having a baby girl. Um, And maybe all of this was part of a bigger plan. So for that, I'm grateful. But as I said at the beginning, I think it's sad that it had to end this way for Hannah. Yeah, Um, I think Hannah has actually started her own business, like staffing yachts. I saw this today. Yeah. Like, tra- training, if you want to yeah. get into yachting, she's doing this training thing. I saw it too, and I was like, you go, girl. Like, yeah. That's what I love about Hannah. She's resourceful, and she's smart, and she just fucking does shit. And I'm, I have a lot of time for her. Like, I don't think we'd be firm, I trust you, ride or die friends, but I no. know that we would probably have a really good time getting pissed and having... You know, and yes, I feel like I could yacht with Hannah and it would be fine. Absolutely. We'd be drinking rosé on a beach in the south of France with Hannah easily. Yeah. I'd have a cheeky cigarette too, you know, yeah. all of that. Um, We've got new guests as well this episode. These they are, are the Beverly Hillbillies of yacht guests. Oh my God. Oh, they, they are make, so crass. Like a, oh, it's a constant like wretch yeah. fest. Every time that fat guy comes on camera whether he's naked or grasping a dildo or wearing a fucking what was the t-shirt he was wearing house daddy daddy and this is a family so like these people are related like if i had to sit there and like my dad act that way it would gross me right the fuck out and then well i i mean i'm british i don't know i don't know if you know Um, (laughs) thanks for clarifying you're welcome (laughs) Um, but the joke that he tells Tom, like, I'm all for, like, an American taking the piss out of the Brits. Like, that's fine. But make sure your joke's funny. Yeah. Like, it, it Back wasn't it up. even a funny joke. No. Eve, I mean, as an American, I'm embarrassed that that's the way you think you're taking the piss out of a British person. I would you can be, do better. I mean, I love you, but I'm glad that you're embarrassed because I would be like, if you're not embarrassed, there's something fucking wrong with you. I mean, no. he is obscene Ugh, it's just awful and then he's walking around naked stop Ugh. bollock naked throwing dildos around <laughs> and then asking bugsy to pick it up and take it no 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 i think Talk we found the beginning sanitizing. yeah i think we found the beginning of coronavirus it's that guy <laughs> on a yacht with a massive dildo he started it all oh fuck me china was a smoke screen but who behaves like that? And on camera, you're on camera. This what this is what blows my mind about like these guests. You see the cameras. You've signed up to be with cameras. You've gotten a discounted deal because you've got cameras. Like you better be leaving them a fat ass tip for what they have had to deal with. Because I'm sure it'll be tiny. It's going to be tiny and gross. Bit like his penis. But anyway. Yep. Talking of the tip that the staff might get, obviously this hinges quite a lot on the food that they get given. And this is Tom's chance to shine. And lunch seems to go fine. Yeah. Uh, And then it all kind of goes downhill. Tom has the shittiest attitude in the kitchen for it being like the first meal. Like it's the first meal. 
I doesn't want to bake have, a cake, starts whinging about everything. It's like, oh, dude, no. I have to say, when Malia's like, he's a super chill chef, he doesn't lose his cool, I'm sat there going, well, if he is and he doesn't, he's the only fucking chef on the planet that doesn't, because they are notoriously really grumpy, moody, cunty bastards when the pressure's on in the kitchen. But they also kind of don't get to that point until like the last few charters. Like Tom's all rested. I wonder if it's like the pressure of him sort of wandering in to this. And then and then also we find out she's like, this is the first time he's had to do it solo. He hasn't got a sous chef. Uh-huh. Well, oh. also you've only got like six guests. Like, Well, then why was he talking like so much shit about Kiko when like Malia was talking about Kiko on the phone? Then why the fuck was he talking shit about him? Because Kiko was doing it all on his own, having a fucking amazing attitude and nailing poor, it. Poor Bugsy when she throws that potato away. Where the fuck are we going to get another potato from? Guys, I mean, none of our countries are coming off very well. But the point is, I mean, this is what chefs are like. I've I've worked for so many chefs. They're all, they're lovely people as soon as they're out of their chef whites. But in their chef whites, in the kitchen, under pressure, they're all miserable, rude, shouty bastards. Yeah. Um, but it does look like he brings some drama to the show. It's not like this. It doesn't look like this is a one-off from the trailers. No. It looks like this continues. I mean, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, hey, we've got to get it somehow. So apparently it's going to be from Tom now. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the so this is, I think, when we get like our mid-season trailers for like the rest of the season and it looks fucking fire. I can't wait. No, me neither. I also feel a little bit, I mean, I feel for Malia, 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 we'll figure it out Whatever. a little bit um, because she's like brought him on. And I, I don't know if, I'm sure you're a bit like this too, but I can see her taking the responsibility of his kind of mood and experience on. And actually what she needs to do is get on with just being the fucking bosun and leave yeah. him to it and separate that. But I feel like this is going to be hard on on Malia, Malia. Yeah, I don't think she's going to be able to separate it. I think she's going to take it all on. I think she's going to be trying to smooth his like attitude over with everybody. And that's really disappointing for me, for her, because I just want her to go out and like be a kick-ass bosun and like do her thing. But hopefully she'll well, turn it around. She started really, really strong. And no matter what happened with Hannah, I can never undermine her role as bosun because I think she's nailed that. Absolutely. But I feel a bit like she might be on a bit of a slippery slope. Yeah, it may not have been a good idea to bring your boyfriend on the boat. No. Uh, Let's move on to Million Dollar Listing LA. And uh, really, I'm starting to think that it only gets interesting when Frederick's involved. Yeah, I mean, watching Josh and Frederick negotiate over that house was pure genius. I think, hands down, Josh Flagg is one of the most amazing negotiators I have ever seen. I agree. And, you know, Frederick's got his own style, but it's very out there. Like, it's very obvious what that style is. So, but Flagg holds all his cards really close to his And you could tell he didn't, Frederick didn't know what to do with him. No, no, he like he wasn't falling for the Fe- the Frederick stuff. So, like, I think that threw him a bit. Like, oh, 
shit, he's not like falling for my craziness. He can see right through this shit. That being said, Frederick's so watchable. Oh, yeah. I mean, they both are. Like, I I would not be upset with Frederick joining Million Dollar Listing LA. It would be great watching. He's he's so funny. Um, I felt the house porn was a little off on this episode. I'm not super down with the castle. Carlton's castle, for those longtime watchers of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, we've all seen this house um, back with Carlton, but apparently she and her husband got divorced, so. Shocker. What? They, they're Bev- selling the Beverly castle. Hills couple got divorced. I know it's one for the papers. Uh, well, I mean, listen, it's not my vibe either, but I just feel like surely somebody's just come and knock it down and build a white, big white box, right? No, I didn't. They sell it. I think wasn't he in? Oh yeah, you're right. They sold he it sold to it a- to like a tech guy who's super into Dungeons and Dragons, I believe. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, There's a house for everyone. <laughs> There really is. And I'm not here to yuck anybody else's yum. So if that's what fills your boots, then knock yourself out. You got a great Um, house at a great price. He really did. Well, I mean, you got an all right house at quite a lot of money, but I see what you're saying. Um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I mean, I think we're done with Million Dollar Listing LA. Yeah. Yeah. We can move on. Totally. Let's move on. Beverly Hills. Um, I mean, maybe we should just do our weekly poll. Are you believing Denise Moore or Brandy Moore? Yeah, I feel like I did do that in the polls. Um, let me pull up and see what they had, what people had to well, say. Well, while you pull it up, yeah. I'll talk about the fact that Denise, yet again, is using Ugh. her confessionals to hang herself. Because on one hand, we hear her in Rome going, this is not okay. Aaron and I are not in an open marriage. We are not sleeping with other people. And he would be very mad about this. And then in the confessionals, we hear Denise go, well, to be honest, if I told him I slept with Brandy, he'd have been like, why wasn't I invited? She is genuinely, I mean, if if I'm voting, I'm still Brandy. So are 67% of our Instagram followers. So the it's 67% for Brandy and 33% for Denise. And I think ultimately it's always, it's, I think that's what it's been every single time. I think people are definitely more team Brandy, but Denise is not doing herself any favors in these fucking confessionals. Like no, it blows my mind. Well, I mean, and this is why I just feel like there's nothing that we can, there's nothing that I can trust about, Denise, and I know that this happens at the end of the show, but seeing as we're talking about it now, we can come back to the other stuff, but let's wrap this up. Brandy obviously arrives at the baby shower. And I think what's really interesting here is these texts because she just fucking hands her phone over. She's like, sure, have it. And as Lisa Rinna says and whoever else is like, there are reams and reams and pages and pages of texts. So even if... They never slept together. Denise is definitely lying about the fact that they didn't really know each other. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Teddy is the one that says she was like, the texts show that there is a relationship there, not meaning a sexual relationship or anything like that. There's a friend relationship there. Nobody texts each other this month much. Lisa Reno is like, I've known Denise for 20 years and I don't tell her I love you in texts. This is a real friendship. It is very, it's been going on for ages. So who am I more to incline? The person who has always maintained that, yeah, we're friends and this is the shit she says, or the person that's flip-flopping all the time. 
I know. And and there's no hesitation for branding. No. It's like, have my phone. Like straight, and there's, it's not like, just look at this. It's like, take it, scroll, yeah. knock yourself out, have a look at what she's written. And I mean, Erica did a deep scroll. Like that finger was like moving. Well, and, and I actually, you're right. She was the one that mentioned it in the cover. She was like, it was pages and pages and pages. Yeah. And, pages. and like, I've got WhatsApp texts like that. And they're not with people that I don't really know. They're like with my closest. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Whatever Who texts brandy, people they don't know? Whatever Brandy is saying, I'm, I, I, I just don't think she's lying about this. No, no. I don't think she um, is. Um, I think, Den- I, don't, I, I don't know what Denise is trying to do. It, nothing very well, to be really frank with you. I don't feel like she is coming across natural or normal. I feel like she was caught in a lie and then she's using the confessionals to kind of give you maybe a little bit of the truth or enough to make it seem like, I don't know what she's doing. It's Uh, it's a bad PR move. I think she's been hanging out with Charlie Sheen for too fucking long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but let's go back a bit. I really enjoyed the chat with Lisa Rinna and Amelia. I felt like, I love Lisa Rinna as a mum. And there are two different Lisas. Like we see the Lisa in Rome who's very out there and on the show and, you know, a bit aggressive and in your face and dramatic. Fine. That's what we all sign up for. But I love that whenever we see Lisa with her kids or in like a home setting, we do see a real Lisa. And I loved this conversation with Amelia and that she was brave enough because I think it is brave of a mum to say, was this me? Like, did I have... A, a role in this um and i love that amelia was like nah fuck that shit this is nothing to do with you like you, yeah. you know, <laughs> i know this may be a shocker the respect in the world to fuck off yeah yeah i i think amelia handles her eating disorder and her mental health in a really mature way and i mean i'm sure it's taken therapy to get there it takes therapy for oh, all yeah. of us to get there but, you know, she's just very honest. Like, no, I did this all on my own. Like, I yeah. was the one in there looking up, you know, diets on my own and hitting all these sites. It had nothing to do with you. Well, and I loved, and I felt like Lisa really hit the nail on the head when she said, you know, well, two things. Amelia hits it when she's like, look, they're shaming no matter what size you are. And I feel like that was a little bit what Garcelle was doing to Lisa, yes. was shaming her for being skinny. But also, Lisa said it, absolutely perfectly she's like there was me thinking that my dancing had triggered something in amelia and actually it had triggered something in garcelle and i think that was so fucking smart yeah um and that was the moment i mean that's why i love lisa there's a lot of self-reflection with her she's willing to take accountability um but when she's not wrong she's like nah it's not me it's fucking you Absolutely. And And I'm not taking that shit on. And I think that's really smart of her. And I think that's how Lisa Rinna has stayed in Beverly Hills and kind of in show business for as long as she has. Because she's like, look, I'll own my shit when it's my shit, but this is actually your shit. So why don't you own that? And I love that she got there with a like an open and honest conversation with her daughter. Yeah. It just felt really felt quite wholesome for Beverly Hills. To be She's honest. a brilliant mom. Like I, I think she, she keeps it real with her daughters. I think she, it, she talks about a lot of really important stuff with them. And I think you can see that with the willingness of them to have these conversations with her. Yeah, Cause easily she could just be like, mom, I don't want to talk about this. 
and like shut it down. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and then we have Teddy's surprise baby shower hosted <sighs> by, of all people, uh, Dorit, which, as Teddy says, it becomes very obvious that this really isn't about my baby shower, more about revealing the room at, what's it called? Buca de Buca Beppo. Buca de Beppo. Buca de Beppo. I mean, what's your opinion on the room, Megan? I think the room is shit. And I think it's a little bit of insulting to Capri (laughs) (laughs) to say that this room reflects Capri in Italy because it does not. (laughs) I feel a bit the same. I feel like you paint the walls yellow or blue or whatever it is. You put some stripy stuff and you fill it with plastic lemons. Does not like it's America's version of Capri of like like of an American who has never been outside of America. Then they will go there and they will think that's what Italy is like. But it's not. No. And you should know better. I agree. I feel like she could have done... I feel like if L- LVP had been given that room, she would have done something pretty spectacular. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Could have not, she could have ramped it up a little bit. Well, there was no Dorit in that room. Like, Dorit is flashy. Her fashion is fucking on point. Like, are you sure you did this room? Maybe she didn't have the budget. I don't know. I don't know. I'm confused about the whole thing, but... It didn't look great. It didn't look great. No, no. Really, I mean, let's talk about Garcelle turning up with a six-foot flamingo. What was that all about? I have no idea. I mean, I don't have... I mean, I think if, like, a baby girl was to see that, that would be scary as an infant. Cool if they're, like, five. Like, would your girls like that now? I mean, for 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, that's baby shower gifts. What the fuck are you going to do with a six-foot flamingo? No. Yeah. I feel like, did anybody get her at like actually anything useful? Well, I mean, Lisa got her a bunny. (laughs) Oh, that's right. (laughs) I love that Kim and Lisa are in a place to make jokes about that bunny. Because that has, that's been a long time coming. I agree. I think that, um, I think Lisa and Kim are actually both good people and I love that they've kind of got over it and they can now joke about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, basically this whole baby shower is just really another chance to chat to Brandy about everything that's going on. I felt so fucking bad for Teddy's real friends that were there. <laughs> that was they so were just awkward. like, should we go? <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> Can the randoms in the room please leave? (laughs) Can the randoms in the room please leave? I mean, they're not even like really random. They're like Teddy's really good friends. It's just like, oh my god! I mean, God God bless them for knowing how to read a room. Like, right? We're just gonna go. We'll see you later. (laughs) (laughs) Like slowly back out of the room. Sorry, this is like. I mean, could you imagine like going to your friend's baby shower and sitting there and like this shit all starts kicking off and be like, I'm just here to eat cake and decorate onesies. Let me tell you, I wouldn't have left. Hell no, I would have sat there like. like, I got my invitation. (laughs) I'm fucking here. Where's the popcorn? Bring this shit on. I wouldn't have left. Buca de Beppo. I want more eggplant parmesan. You could like wild horses would have had to drag me from that fucking room. <laughs> I would not um, have read the room. You and I would have just sat there. I would have like pretended not to feel awkward. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. Like, I would have. I would have like. I would literally gripped onto that table leg. Like they could have. Ha- they would have had to grab me by my ankles and drag me out. I would have not gone gracefully. 
I would have left my dignity at the door. I would have been there until the bitter end. I would have wanted to fucking know. Uh, anyway, they are better humans than us. So they <laughs> got up and left. They're very classy um, ladies. And, you know, we talked about it at the beginning. I mean, the other thing that I do want to talk about is I, I don't, I don't like the way Garcelle laid into Lisa for the Roxy Hart thing, because as much as I know that Lisa kind of brings it up when Erica does it, I never felt like it was in a way to undermine her or take it away from her. Same, babe. I had no idea where that came from. I was like, yeah, she talks about it, but it's like a fun friend Sherry thing. Like, oh, this is awesome. We both have done this role. Lisa's the only person in the room that knows what Erica's going through. I think that'd be quite a bonding experience. I don't feel like she was being shady about it at all. I think Garcelle is being shady. Well, and, you know, to give Garcelle some credit, she does own it before she leaves and said, I shouldn't have said that it was a shitty thing to say, and I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, you're right, it was, and great on you for apologizing, but but why fucking say it in the first place? There's just something about Garcelle that right now, for me, doesn't ring completely true. I feel like she's sort of trying to play the game, and I guess a lot of new housewives fall foul of this, that they feel yeah. that they have to be sort of controversial to be relevant and maybe that's what this is but I like her and I want her to stay but I feel like she needs to settle into it a little bit yeah see I like her when like I will I'll always go back to that lunch that like she and Erica had I liked her at that lunch, like where they were joking about being like hot grandmas or whatever. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right that at was the beginning. really them right at the very beginning. I like that Garcelle. I don't like this Garcelle kind of just stirring up shit that I didn't even think was really there. No, I mean, it, it's it didn't go anywhere. No. And I feel like Lisa's going through the ringer. She's going through the ringer. Oh, oh, I see what she did there. Uh, anyway, <laughs> You know, in the next day we see her with Kyle. She's between a rock and a hard place. Like, she wants to be a great friend to Denise. I do believe yeah. that. But I feel like all the evidence points to something else. And it, that's really hard. And Denise wants blind loyalty from her. And I'm not that person. I don't think Lisa Rinna's that person. Who is that person? Who is that person that just gives blind loyalty, regardless of, like, these other facts that are being presented? Like, I get it if it's a sister. Like, if it's your sister, yeah. then I get it. You go up against anybody, regardless of the facts, whatever, fine. Right. And then you yell Maybe. at them at home. Maybe. But not with Denise. I mean, not Denise and Lisa. It just doesn't ring true. And, you know, and it makes you question the foundation yeah. of a friendship, right? Because I don't know, but looking back over that conversation between her and Denise in Rome, when they had that teary thing... Denise right. is like dead behind the fucking eye. Oh yeah, I think it was total emotional manipulation. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna make you feel like shit because I don't know what else to do, and I I'm agree. not gonna be and honest think, with you. And I think that's what Lisa's saying at the end. She's like, I, I worry, and she doesn't say I'm definitely being manipulated. She's like, yeah, I worry that I'm being manipulated, and yeah. I would be fucking worried too. Cause you are. Cause you motherfucking are right. Yep. And it's the last episode next week. Season three yes. next week. Short season, I guess COVID made that happen. But COVID or maybe somebody refused to film anymore. Who knows? Hey, what? Are you saying that through any kind of no, secret no. knowledge? Oh, okay. no knowledge whatsoever. Just pulling it out of my ass guess. I like it though. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, New York. 
Where these oh. bitches just need to be put in an oxygen tank for like four months. Just tell me when you're clean and dry and done. Yeah, and can have like a normal conversation. Ramona has lost her fucking goddamn mind. Like, what was she thinking sending that stupid ass group test about fucking trying to figure out if you have anger issues? It was so stupid. But this this is Ramona, right? Like, it's always about her. Like, if she really wanted to help Dorinda, there's a million ways oh, that she could yeah. do it. This isn't about helping Dorinda. This is about humiliating her or gaslighting her or whatever it is. It's yeah. just about making Dorinda feel shit. And uh, even Luan, I mean, God. Luann is the voice be- of reason on this entire episode. The fuck? I mean, nobody's more shocked. 2020 just keep the gift that keeps on fucking giving. But Luan (laughs) is the voice of reason. She's like, this is not the way to do it. No. She's going to retaliate. And sure enough, Dorinda does what Dorinda does, which is, oh, I see your passive aggressive shit and I raise it 1100 billion percent. I kind of liked how she reacted to that. It's like, well, if you're going to be childish like this, fuck you. Watch me. We could all be childish. So let's all just watch 60-year-old women be really fucking childish. (laughs) I mean, that's essentially the Real Housewives of New York. I mean, it is. And, like, it's fun, but now I I am getting a bit tired of it. And I feel like we're missing a sixth housewife. Honestly, there is a part of me that's like, there's this nugget there's this click of luann sonia dorinda and uh ramona and then leah thank god for leah because this would be the worst season ever if leah wasn't around but i feel like we need another housewife or two yeah i'll tell you who we need we need bethany frankel she's the only one that keeps these bitches in line i do love bethany frankel but i feel like she's i mean happier Oh, 100%. Like, I get for her mental health, she doesn't need to be on the show. But for watching, like, I want someone who's a little bit stronger to stand up to Ramona. Because I feel like Dorinda just blows her off. But that's not that entertaining. Like, I want someone to go, like, head-to-head with her and really call her out on her shit. And I feel like the only person that can do that is Bethany. I've seen nobody else do it successfully. Well, I feel like I'm going to call it. I feel like at the end of this season, I feel like Ramona might go the way of Vicky Gonvalson. Like, yeah. her time has come. She needs to be demoted. And I want to see more Leahs in there. I want this yeah. Real Housewives of New York to be younger, right? Because I'm sure very, they are. There are definitely rich, younger housewives that I'm yeah. sure would be really much more interesting than listening to yeah. these four women bitch and moan about... How it 60- used to be first birthday parties i mean well and i mean that's all they really are like they're all upset because they're all like grieving what used to be right like ramona and the fucking mario situation and who knows if she'll ever have a man again in her life richard dorinda and richard sonia and and the morgan money like luann before she became a felon i mean yeah all of while she was the cat i mean she still calls herself countess luann right let's all just move the fuck on I want like fresh, badass New York mom business owners who are fucking fire because I'm sure they're there. And I'm sure Andy knows who they are. I think, I think Real Housewives of New York needs a cash shakeup. I do too. And I, it's just. But I'd like Leah to stay. 
Me too. I'd like Leah to stay. And really, that's it. Yeah, I totally agree. Interesting. Um... I mean, now that we've said that, I feel like I know. I'm like, talk, talk, I'm like, okay, I'm done. We fixed it. <laughs> fixed New York. Nailed just it. Delete. Done. Just delete them. Uh, anyway, let's carry on because that's what we're here for. Luann and Sonia come to blow. Well, they don't come to blows, but there's Sonia doesn't turn up. No, I thought Sonia was fired from the cabaret show. That huge, big, dramatic firing in the Berkshires that Luann did. Apparently, they made up off camera, and Sonia agreed to do the show again but then didn't show up to rehearsal. I mean, I think you nailed it. I think that's it, right? Maybe she'll do it. Maybe she won't. Who knows? Maybe they'll string a storyline out of it. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be their first storyline. She will show up. I mean, I could not picture Sonia Morgan turning down a chance to be on stage doing her, like, improv cabaret thing. No, Sonia's never met a microphone she doesn't fucking love. No! And I say that as a woman who is also the same. She will yeah. be there and it will be fine. She'll get her $223 or whatever it is. That <laughs> paying her. her cab ride. She'll go home and bitch about it and we'll all watch it. Yeah. Like Muppets. Um, <laughs> I do think it was interesting. You tell him on my second glass of wine. There you go. <laughs> I'm also like severely yeah. sleep deprived. Well, let's wrap this up pretty sure i'm coming down with something so if you want me to keep talking sense i have to go quick but yeah i do enjoy the conversation with leah and her mom i feel we get to know bunny a little bit better in this conversation because as a mom i completely agree with bunny there are some days i don't like my children because they've really fucked me off took the words out of my mouth i was like when you frame it the way that sarah says it which is she doesn't like us Ever. I'm like, that that's harsh. Like you probably don't want to say that to your kids. Right. But then when you frame it the way Bunny says it, which is, of course I fucking love you, you're my kids, but there are days when I don't fucking like you. I'm like, oh Right there with you, Bunny. I'm bored with. I'm here for that. And anybody that says that's bullshit is lying. A lying liar liar pants on fire. Yes. It's it's just the way it is. It's okay to not like your kids occasionally because of their behavior. And I think that that's honest. And I think that you shouldn't say that your kids are wonderful to their face when they're not being wonderful. Yeah. Um. That being said, I do think there's a lot going on. And I do feel for Leo. I think she holds a lot of guilt for putting her mum through some shit. I think her mum holds a lot of resentment for being put through some shit. I think they're working on it. Absolutely. I think her mom is genuinely, like, worried from a good place. Like, I'm yeah. worried about your honesty around alcohol because I think well, it's more of a problem than you're willing to say. And I, I don't necessarily think Bunny's that far off with that statement. Well, no, and I think it takes one to know one, and we understand that Bunny hasn't had a drink in 40 years, so that feels like it's coming from a place of knowledge. But also I've seen on Instagram Leah holding chips saying she's been like sober for a certain amount of days. So it feels like maybe Bunny was right all along and that Leah did just need after nine years to maybe have a blowout and see and recognize that it wasn't for her. So maybe in this instance, mama does know best. It's like an alcoholic reality check. Like, oh, can I do this again? Oh, no, I can't. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, you know what? Yeah. If that's what it takes, do it. But absolutely um and then finally we have sonia century 21 launch which i have to say i'm really happy for sonia on this because she's been through the mill like the poor girls (laughs) considering she's a morgan 
I've never known a woman have to work so fucking hard to scrape a few fucking pennies together. The montage of all of her projects was fucking hilarious. I totally forgot that she was going to try to do like a beverage line called like, what was it? Tipsy girl. Tipsy girl. (laughs) (laughs) Bethany's like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, no, that's not cool. I mean, bless Sonia. But, But having said all that, the life of an entrepreneur is yep. that a million fucking ventures fail before one lands, right? So Absolutely. It's just that her diversity in business choices is so hilarious. Like to- toaster oven, <laughs> drinks line, uh, perfume. I mean, but all it's all a lifestyle now, brand. <laughs> now it feels like she's found her niche. It looks like it sits really well. I love yeah. the dresses. They're reasonably priced. It looks like this could be her thing. Totally. I thought I thought the dress Leah was wearing was super cute. I really I liked it. I did too. Yeah. I wish I could wear shit like that these days. Yeah, no, it'd be so covered I mean, with like, garbage. Not so much what's in it, what's on it. It's more what goes in that yeah, dress that's more yeah. of a problem, to be honest. That's Spanx, days. darling. Spanx. But Spanx. can we just touch? <laughs> can we just touch on Ramona bringing her own straws to the party? Not even like a reusable straw, which I could understand, like you want to save for the environment. It was such like a, and I, I hope I didn't offend anybody on Instagram. I asked if this was an old lady move. I'll look up and see how many of you guys agree with me. And I say that because my Mima, bless her heart, brings all of her own like sweetener packets everywhere she goes because they may not have the brand that she wants. And so she keeps, she ferrets them away in her purse and she pulls them out. That's I mean, fine. She's also 80 years most old. about this. What I love most about this is that it wasn't even like she was bringing out brand new plastic straws. Like, I felt like these straws had been in her bag for quite a while. Do you know what I mean? Like, she was like, oh, I don't know. This one's in here. That's from that day back in 1979 when we went to so-and-so's house. But let's give this one a try. Maybe this straw will work. It felt a bit fucking weird. It was Um, super weird. Oh, I thought they had paper on them. I wonder if this is because maybe COVID was starting to like raise its head. Maybe Ramona was like, well, with this weird COVID shit going on. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I think she just wants straws with her beverages at all times and doesn't trust that everybody is going to have their straws. So she brought straws. Buy a reusable straw, Ramona. Yeah. Okay, here it is. Yeah, so 71%, so I didn't offend you guys, which is great. 71% thinks it's an old lady move, and 29% thought she's a smart cookie. It may be my grandma. It's, it's your Mimo just going, this, this, <laughs> yeah. this, this, this. Um, oh, man. Anyway, uh, listen, that brings us to the end. Once again, we've forgotten to ask you to rate and review at the top of the show, but that's because... You know, we're, we're just here for the shits and giggles. But yeah. we do love the rates and reviews. So thank you very much to everybody who's reviewed us in the last two or three weeks. We know yeah, we've had it's a been a few. That's really helped us in the charts. It really does make a difference. Like even if it we makes just a huge get two difference. reviews in, we can move like 10, 15 places up on the chart. So we're not yanking your chain when we're asking you for this shit. Like it yeah. makes a difference. So if we were to get 20 reviews in one week... We'd be right up there. It'd be amazing. We'd Let's be make right that happen, there. everyone. Let's make it happen. Listen, if you're listening and you haven't yet rated or reviewed, just do it and let's see if this week 
we can like we'll tell you how many chart places we jump yes we get a little email every week that tells us do it we'll tell you and we can see if we can get right to the top let's do it all right guys um, but that's it thank you once again for spending uh some time your time precious time listening to us ramble on about reality tv uh we really appreciate it and remember smart people watch reality tv too bye-bye bye Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. The music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims.